Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, however, wherever, whenever you're listening. This is the Root for Wisconsin show, episode 36. How you guys doing? It's the biggie. Eric Fisher, joined by Ramsey Thompson. Ramsey, how you doing, buddy? What's going on? And not joining us this week, and probably not for the next couple weeks, probably Justin Dahl. He is coaching football right now. Yelling at them kids. Yelling at them kids, making them run, making them sweat. It was not cold out today. Today would have been not a bad day to practice, though. No, this was the best day of the last two weeks. They didn't start till five, so. It was the best day of the last week, because last week was the first week. And now there was not a single day last week where I got done with work and it's like, man, I wish I was fo- playing football right now. No, and it, it's hot and it rained. Yeah. That was it. Humid and rainy. And it only rained week. like, well, I mean, it rained a couple of nights in the week, but it's always like that first week when it's all, it's all basically all conditioning. Oh, I know. And then just, and it's just humid and. And no one comes into, or not training camp, but kind of training camp in the right shape. Everyone comes in in shape. But not good enough shape to be running sprints when it's 92 outside. Right. I mean, you can work out all summer. You can do football workouts all summer. Yep. And just that's a different level. That yep. first day of practice where it's, hey, go run a mile. And in full pads or run sand hills or, yeah. Hills yeah. in general. The hill at the elementary school. Enjoy it. Yeah, not, not, a good, not a good first week of practice. But, yeah, better, better tonight. Oh, yeah, tonight would be a beautiful day. So, that's where Justin is. Uh, I know he'll be posting on Facebook and stuff like that to kind of keep up with him. He was supposed to send us some thoughts about his different opinions on things today. Well, he didn't, so. I mean, it's not like the guy doesn't work a full-time job. And have kids. And not, not kids, three kids. Yeah. one of Two of whom are under two. And then coaches, which is that's pretty much a full-time job. Yeah. Dealing with delinquents like us. So, not going to fault him, but... Uh, there will not be much Justin content in this episode. Hopefully next episode. We'll yeah, hopefully we can kind of work things out a little bit better. But it is what it is. Uh, another note from the hometown area. Uh, thanks to our listeners. Anyone who contributed to the GoFundMe page, uh, they exceeded their goal yesterday morning. Awesome. So they're over $50,000 for Rachel's uh, Rachel Jansen's GoFundMe uh, for her experimental trip to Mexico. I guess I saw her today. Her doctor signed off on the trip. Nice. And was going through the medications she needs to take to go along with that. So uh, very, I guess, positive news there. Mm-hmm. Uh, excellent. You know, if anybody of our listeners even found the page because we had shared it, thank you so much. I, like I said, I know a lot of our listener base was going to know. Or even shared the page. Situation. Too. That's just as bad. So excellent news there. Uh, we start the episode with talking about our partners over at Monkey Knife Fight and Ray's Energy. Have you tried the Skittles flavor yet? Or the, I have the not. rainbow rainbow flavor. I have not got the rainbow flavor. I got mine this weekend. I have tried it. It's phenomenal. Did they come out with a new flavor too? I think there's rumored to be one. Can it hasn't I see released a grape? yet. That's been around. Has it been around? That's been around. They just have so many flavors I can't try them all. Like Yeah. You, well you got it though, because they're all good. You have to. They're none of, I have not had a bad one yet. I have not had a bad one yet either. Uh, and then our partners over at Monkey Knife Fight play along with the contest. Lots of futures NFL slates going on is what they're called. Um, talking about season-long numbers, like I think Aaron Rodgers over under yards or plus or minus yards. Do we have a, Do we have that plus or minus? So we can get it pulled up here. I, I might. Uh... I I think I was leaning the the less than, if I if I remember the number correctly here. But we'll play a live contest here, and I'll get that pulled up. Don't you fret one second. 
So NFL, the slates, they're the full season slates is what they're called. And let's see. All right, Ramsey. Patrick Mahomes, more or less than 39 and a half touchdown passes. Give me the more on that. Tom Brady, more or less than 35.5. Uh, give me less. All right, that's kind of where I was leaning to. So good stuff there. Uh, let's see what else do we got for slates. Excellent content, by the way. I know. This is really good. We might have to trim this up. And, uh... <laughs> also, I mean, while we're talking about this, though, something we're excited to debut. We have not gotten the logistics worked out, but there will be a Root for Wisconsin Fantasy Football League with us and the listeners. So we're working on the logistics. Wait on that. You know, we're going to announce it on Facebook page. We'll figure out some sort of cool prize to do. Yep. Technically speaking, I don't think we can legally give out money because we're not really a business and gambling laws. And Well, I mean, we could. I'm sure there's some hang up with it somewhere. So we're just going to go with the cool prize. The NCAA does it. That's true. That is true. Matt Ryan, 4,425 yards, or 4,425.5 yards, more or less. Less. Aaron Rodgers, 4,400 yards, more less. or less. So as I was thinking. Because isn't his record like 4,500? I believe so. I don't think he's ever record year this year. So that contest is a times three. So if you put in five, you can win 15 if that one hits. So play along with the contest. Plenty more on there for you to get involved with. And as well as, like I mentioned, the Root for Wisconsin Fantasy Football contest coming up at some point. We will announce how to join. Hopefully we have to have some sort of drawing where there's just too many people trying to knock themselves over to, to partake. So I'm really looking forward to that. I know we have three guaranteed spots. Really? Yeah. Who said I'm playing? You did. You did. Don't don't look at me like that. Are you sure? I I hope so. I don't want to take all the listeners' uh, wagers. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So from there, we go to what we had rooted for. This is sponsored by Fanatics. Got my Buck shirt. I wore my Packers Fanatics gear at the game Saturday night. So Fanatics really hitting home on every front. You got Badgers or Badgers gear that's coming up. You've got Bucks championship gear out there still. You've got Brewers playoff gear coming up here soon. Knock on wood. You've got Packers regular season gearing up. Packers playoff gear, probably, probably. So find your team, root for your team, show your love. Hashtag love on with Fanatics. Ramsey, what did you root for this week? You know, I root for the Indy Road Course with the NASCAR Cup guys, and really just a good. Racing weekend, like I said, we had the Indy cars there on Saturday along with the Xfinity, and then we had the NASCAR race there on Sunday. Race was a little bit of a shit show. I, I like I said, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good race at the end. Yeah, little... I'm I'm glad you brought this up because the end result I really liked. I liked AJ Allmendinger winning. I liked Kyle Larson being back in front as usual. I liked that there was some chaos at the end. I liked that we almost had a showdown of a fight. I think it was really messy to get there, though. Kind of we're talking about off air. We can't. I I think it's this track's gonna get a really bad rap from this past race, which I don't think it was a bad race. I was entertained the entire time. Okay, that's a tough road course. That's obviously it was designed back in the late '90s, early 2000s to run F1 cars there. Okay, and 
one thing you've got to remember the difference between like an F1 track and a NASCAR track is the cars are considerably smaller mm-hmm. and they handle, I, you know, like a hundred times better is not even, that's probably more than that. That's how good these cars handle. And I wanted to ask you about just the difference between this track with, with the NASCAR vehicles that we see versus what you see with an Indy car. I mean, we know that there's some very discernible differences, but just on this track specifically. The Indy cars are so much faster. Like, I don't think IndyCar right now has the better drivers because IndyCar is not what it was in the 80s and 90s where, to be honest, it was really, really hard to get into. Okay. Like, you had to have an open-wheel background as a child to get there. Right. And there was less money there. So I don't think the drivers at IndyCar is good, but the IndyCars go around that track flawlessly, right? When they're designed to. Correct. And you have the issue that NASCAR ran into was that they have big classic NASCAR stock cars trying to run a track that did not have that in mind. Right. And if you saw the race, you would know that there was a lot of beating and banging on each other and the cars just didn't really seem to fit right on the track. And that's part of it is that you have, it's a lot narrower of a track. IndyCar and Formula One road courses in general are a lot narrower. Because the cars can maneuver so much better. So they don't need as much space. Where the stock cars, like I said, even going on a turn one, there wasn't enough room for everyone. Which we, That's kind of what we saw towards the end with Chase Briscoe and Denny Hamlin. Right. That there just wasn't enough real estate for everyone to get down in that corner. So the track's going to get a bad rap. And, and Twitter's kind of blown up on it. That it was a shit race. But with the bringing in the Gen 7 car next year, I would anticipate the race to be a lot better. They're kind of more focused to be a road course car. So don't take a bad rap for this last race as gospel because it might not necessarily be that way come next year. So does next year's race have to be a home run for it to be no. reconsidered long term? No, I don't think so. I, I honestly don't. Th- I think the NASCAR drivers themselves and fans had a lot of pushback that they weren't racing on the oval. And I know the drivers, because that was one of the big four races, right? Right. You'd have With, the two at Daytona. Well, the Daytona 500. Right. The Coke 600 at Charlotte. Right. The Southern 500 and the Brickyard 400. So those were the big four races. And you kind of took one of the big four career-making races out of play. <coughs> so I think that NASCAR is going to go back to... The IndyCar circuit again. I think they're going away from the road course, but how the schedule is currently, they needed more road courses added in, right? And this was kind of just the logical place to start. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, what I had root for this week, I, I think it was pretty well documented. Um, just how excited I was for Packer game this week, and I'm going to take a second to really just kind of talk about being back at Lambeau for the first time and. A year and a half. Uh, that alone was pretty cool. Um, I know last week we had talked about this as well, was that with the Summer League, Kiefer Sykes has been lighting it up. So I just want to shout those two things out. Being back at Lambeau, being back in the the Titletown District during game was well, nice to be back to be a part of. Probably about midway through the first quarter, or quarter, I looked over at Mel, I'm like, it feels right to be back. Like it was it, Right. Like we haven't, I haven't been to a game since the Seahawks playoff Same. game. Me that too. was the last time we were both at, and 
it just was kind of a weird feeling last year of because I would I would have paid to get tickets to go that Tampa Bay game. Right, it's, it's well documented that I'm a big Tom Brady fan. Right, but they were just outrageous, and I couldn't find them. I couldn't get my hands on them. So I, it was just one of those things that it felt, even though it was a preseason game, it was still energetic. It wasn't like a playoff game or even yeah, a regular. I know that game. we both like so we we went to the game. Did not sit together until like the fourth quarter when we just kind of when everybody starts leaving, whatever. We both said the exact same thing to the people we were with. We're both like, "Yeah, this is fun. This is cool." And this kind of goes without saying, but this isn't Seattle. This isn't the playoff game that we went to, it, or, which it wasn't going to be. It never was going to be. And you know, it's a preseason game, so it's one of those things that it is what it is, right? But it's not even like. Not to be like snooty, but I tend to only go to pretty big games. Mm-hmm. Like I don't really go to the Lions. I, I could care less. It seems like the only time I end up at Lambeau is either the three thirty Fox game or prime the time. prime time Sunday night game or a playoff game. Those are the only times I end right. up being there. So it's kind of weird for me to be there when it didn't really matter. Right. But I had a blast. So don't don't take that as like a if you have the opportunity to come to Green Bay and you can't make it to a regular season game. Because honestly, well, even if you can't afford to go to, let's be real here. Yeah, because I was, but that's what I was gonna get at. The price for tickets is outrageous. So, if you, but if you make it and you want to go to a game, go to a preseason game. It's a wonderful time. And even I think they play the Jets this weekend. Correct? Yep, three twenty-five kick. We'll talk more about the Packers quite a bit throughout the episode here. But I might go to that. I kind of want to see Zach Wilson. I will not be going to that one. I need to get some sleep. I'm working overnight at WPS that night. But so maybe I'll go and see Zach and Jordan Love. Yeah, go ahead. By all means. Give a report next week. That'd be pretty cool. But, yeah, no, I – um, it, it was kind of nice. That the, the kind of the, the only chilling effect of it, though, is that you're watching the game, you're enjoying being there, but at the same time it's like, okay, this might be the only time fans are here. I know, and that's – isn't that kind of a sad thought? This might be the only opportunity. Like, I talked to – um, some people that had worked at the, the radio station who were at the pregame thing that we do for uh, the fan, and they were saying about how they don't usually go to preseason games like ever, but they were going this year because they don't know how many games, if any, regular season they'll be able to go to. And that's that's where I was at too. I mean, we kind of were able to go with some friends, and right, it all worked out. But I wasn't going to miss it because that's the same thing. I'm like, you know, I plan on going to a few games this year. Right. However. With how Delta is right now, we'll see how. So, I mean, I don't want to get political, go get vaxxed, and maybe yeah. maybe we can actually enjoy some football. Definitely. So, with that, we go from the positives to the negatives. We go into the Tyler Hero Nugget of the Week. And I'm going to stay on the same theme here, being at the Packer game. Two things, and we'll talk more about the first one in a little bit, so I'm just going to keep it brief. I don't think Josh Jackson could have played worse. Wait, was that that bomb that couldn't play? I could go play defensive back probably. He as looked good. like Kevin King playing regular season defense or uh, playoff <laughs> defense in the preseason. Getting burned by some white dude. And I was sitting with Shauna at the game, and she's like, so is Kevin King better than this guy? And I'm like, somehow, yeah. Like, And you know what? It's crazy. I said this to you at the game. I'm like, can you imagine when he was coming out as a – he didn't come out as a junior. He came out as a senior, right? Right. As a junior, he was the, one of the first or second-ranked defensive backs coming out of Iowa that year. When he came out of Iowa, when the Packers drafted him, it was a steal getting a, a guy in the second round where they did. 
and just, just pooped the bed at every occasion. Couldn't get healthy when he was supposed to, you know, step up. Had a defensive coordinator that didn't seem to like him. And then he gets a fresh start and probably plays his way out of town. Have we thought about moving him to like safety? There has been talk of that I think the last that couple m- days here. Cause and I mean, and I remember sitting there and just like I mean, because they flash the stats up on the board. When your cornerback is your leading tackler in the game, it's not a good sign, right? Unless it's like Charles Woodson because he's just blitzing the edge or something like that and playing or in the like backfield. Jamal Adams playing, right? When your cornerback is is your leading tackler, that is not a good sign. Yeah. He looked so bad. He looked so lost because he looked slow too. Then that's what I was going to say. Injured? I don't know. But he looked a step slow because he was breaking on balls and just – I don't know if he was just reading the the assignment wrong and just not knowing the assignment, which is really bad because it's, it's vanilla defense in the right. preseason. So just looking slow in vanilla defense and, and not finding the scheme. He's looked bad at practice too. Like like I said, maybe, maybe a move to safety might not be a bad thing because safety is a considerably more – a considerably more easy position to play than what defensive back is. And it probably won't be in Green Bay if he's going to do it. But but maybe some other team might. Some uh, team might take a flyer on a guy who graded out that athletically. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that was that was my first noogie. Second noogie was going to be Packers fans. Oh, that was and, my noogie. And you want to share this one? Yeah, I, can noogie? we? Yes, we'll, we'll share this one. So this is not – this is going back to being at the game. And this is not a – I think you were you. I think you might take a different route than I am. I'm talking about the game experience. Oh, I was gonna talk about people hating on Jordan Love. Yeah, well, you can save yours. So Packer fans, for me, we're gonna, we're gonna give a double nugget to the Packer fans. This is me being pretentious and being like a, a just a, a sports snob a little bit. First of all, you have to have a little bit of knowledge, even if it's a preseason game, when you're at the game. And I'm gonna sound like the grumpy old man shaking his fist at a cloud. You do not do the wave, period. Especially not when you're on off when your team's on offense, though. The wave is the worst tradition. I hate in sports. the wave so much. But if you're going to insist on doing it, and I've seen it be really cool, like once, Badger game waves, like student section college games, the wave is pretty cool because we're, they like coordinate and they do like a really fast one backwards. Yeah, but we're the Packers. Like yes. we don't need the fucking wave. Leave that yes. at home. We are. This is one of the places in America that people want to go to to watch football. This is the mecca of the world. Just sit down, watch the game. It's watch like the going, game. It's like going to church. You don't sit down and do the wave in church. Enjoy the Packers, but you don't have to do the wave. Right. So, And not only the wave, they did it for like... The entire offensive series. I, it was ridiculous. And the punt. And then they stopped when the Packers were on defense. I, I don't understand. I know. And I think my favorite tweet about it was Matt Schneidman, um, one of the beat reporters for the, who covers the Packers. He tweeted, like, fans are doing the wave while the Packers are on offense. No wonder Aaron Rodgers wants to leave. And I understand that. <laughs> Just, I feel that in my soul because, first of all, like I said, it's so bad. I, like I said, I'm the grumpy old man, even though it's like kind of like more like a people our age hate the wave because it's really like an older sports thing. But... <laughs> I, we don't do the wave. You don't do it when we're on offense if you're going to do it. We also don't do that like playoff games. No. That did not happen. No. Well, it's because also everyone was standing already. So it didn't make sense to sit, then stand. Bunch of nerds. But I just, I just think that's a good idea to do the wave. 
and like I said, preseason, you know, you take the kids, have fun, you know, whatever. Yeah, go for it. But, but now when you're on offense, because then later in the game, Packers are backed up on their end zone, and they're trying to, like, run a two-minute drill offense, and you've got the whole end zone, go, Pack, go, go, Pack, go. No, shut up. In all fairness, though, those aren't really the normal fans. No, and that's what I'm saying. And like I said, I'm not trying to be the snooty, pretentious guy, but I'm, I'm going to be I the snooty, snooty pretentious, pretentious guy. These aren't it, – it, it's supposed to be fun. It's preseason. But also David Bakhtiari made a video last week. PSA, hey, when the offense is on the field, be quiet. And I kind of blame the Packers because I think they kind of know that people are just going to get out of their system in the preseason. Because if you go to a regular season game, a playoff game, it's not like there's a sign like the, they put on the big screen on each end, quiet, offense at work. And it does stay. I mean, remember the, the playoff game? You could hear a pin drop. You could hear the pin drop. You can hear the cadence across the field. Yep. Like when, when we went to that, we were sitting in the corner of the end zone. And you could hear Aaron Rodgers on the far end zone. And that was awesome. So, preseason, I get it. But, come on. This is exactly what the Nuggies for. It's like, come on, guys. Come on. Ramsey, Packer fans. Why is Packer fans there hating on Jordan Love? And I think I've been on the podcast before, and I'm not the biggest Jordan Love supporter. I don't think he's... So, watching him live, Mm -hmm. he has a presence to him. And we'll talk about this further, but... He's not a backup. Right, he's a he's a he's a starter in the lead. You can just by watching him a little bit, he can start a professional football game. Right, he's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. It's not going to be Brett Favre. But that's not what he's designed to do. And honestly, where he's at in Green Bay, he I think is going to be successful. Yeah, like he's going to have decent pieces around him. He's going to have a def- decent offensive line in front of him, and the Packers are going to make the right choices to keep them relevant. And if the if the Packers are competent, which they've been competent, they, I still think that they could do more to be better than competent. Right. But they're competent. They draft well. The players they have on their roster are usually competent players. Jordan Love is a good enough player to start. Yeah. I, so. And and I want to talk about more Jordan Love later in the episode, but but yeah, no, I the I I told you guys on on Saturday night when we were at the game. Because Kurt Bankard had one good series where they're slinging it around. I'm like, you know that every dumb sports fan this week is going to see this and talk about how, oh, Jordan or Kurt Bankard's better than Jordan Love because Jordan or Kurt Bankard was slinging the ball downfield, blah, blah, blah. Such a dumb, lazy take. Because, and sure, he did look good. Kurt Bankard comes in and looks good. But you also got to kind of remember the difference of where they're also playing. Jordan Love is playing with borderline starters. Kurt Banker is playing with guys that want to make the team. So they're going to be going a little bit harder. I'm going to even go further. Kurt Banker is playing against guys who want to play in the NFL. Right. They're, they're playing for not this to stay in Houston. Or to he, stay in Green Bay. He's playing against guys who are just looking for a job. Right. So you're going to see probably harder run routes. You're probably going to see the offensive line jump the ball a little harder. You're probably going to see a running back take snaps a little harder. You're going to see people block a little better because that's what it is. People are trying to fight for a 53-man roster spot. So Jordan Love was – well, we'll get into it. Right. But So Packer fans, lay off Jordan Love. I, I'm not the huge Jordan Love fan. I will continue to talk shit about him. I'm kind of already made my bet on it. 
But I will say this. I think I might have been wrong. I think he can probably start in the lead. Yeah, and that's big for you. So I'll, yeah. I'll give you that. Uh, so before we get into the Packers talk, why don't we take a couple minutes here to talk about uh, some of the other things going around this state of Wisconsin and some of our other sports takes. We started off with what's brewing with Eric and just a quick little couple nuggets here on the Brewers. Brewers are now eight games up in the NL Central. They play. They swept the Cubs in a four-game series for the first time ever. Over the weekend, correct? No, that was a uh, midweek series last week. I saw that. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. They sc- I think at one point they had. I think they had ended up outscoring the Cubs like thirty-seven to six or something like that over the four games. Okay, but the Cubs are also. They're basically a Triple A team, but the thing with the Brewer, I mean, in past years, not like the last three years, because the last like three years have been exceptional. They're on pace to win. I set a franchise record for wins this season. Their starting pitching has not slowed down at all. Their offense is coming to life. And this is a game that maybe in the past they do lose because or the series that maybe they split or maybe they, you know, they don't sweep a four game series against the Cubs. And granted, or a team that they're supposed to beat, I should say, not the right. Cubs, but just any a team, team that they're supposed to just roll over. They didn't. Or they in the past they didn't. This year they are doing that. They took two out of three from Pittsburgh. Uh, they split a doubleheader Saturday and then uh, one Sunday. And they're doing it in so many different ways that it really gives you a lot of good feelings with the teams. Well, they're playing good team baseball, right? Like They're right. just playing well as a unit, which... The offense is rolling. The pitching's still really good. And even in the beginning of the season, that wasn't necessarily the case, correct? Like They're kind right. of getting warm at the time you want to start exactly. getting warm at. Which exactly. Is, um, right now, I mean, if, depending on which power rankings you look at, and granted, they're, they're just opinions, Brewers are somewhere between three and five, so they're one of the top four teams in baseball right now. Well, I believe they're, what, 10 to one right now in Vegas? Something like that, yeah. So that's probably, and that, that's one of those things, too, that they've never really been that, correct? Like, they've been a playoff team, but they're not talking 10 to one odds on right. the World Series, correct? Maybe 2018 when they ended up going to the NLCS to play against the Dodgers and took them to seven. Right. But really, since then, it, it hasn't been this good. And right now, like I said, the pitching is on all cylinders. The bullpen, the starters, the offense is finally re- rolling. I think, I mean, we talked kind of extensively, especially with Matt, about some of the struggles Christian Yelich has had throughout the season, just not getting hot. Mm-hmm. The last five games, small sample size, so you really can't judge too much on it. He's had at least one hit in every game in the last five. He's batting just under 400 in those five games. So he's playing, that's well. You're he's, under, just he's, a guy, 400. he's a guy that has to get it rolling. Uh, the year he won MVP in 2018, at the All-Star break, I mean, he was starting to heat up, but he wasn't what he was. He ended up winning the batting title in the second half of the season. He ripped it away. He, I think he hit the All-Star break, he was batting like 280, 290, something Which like that. Which is still pretty good. It's still pretty good. kind of your slugger, correct? Right. He, I mean, the home run numbers still aren't there yet, but we're seeing better contact. We're seeing better everything else too. So everything's really starting. Like I said starting to fight right or fit right, and 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 really square around on the Brewers. So that is what it's brewing with Eric. We do just a quick hitter on the Badgers. I know Justin's not here, but uh, the AP poll came out today. Badgers ranked twelfth, which is probably about right. Yeah, I'd say for a pre for preseason poll. Uh, one of the guys at work showed me that. I'm like. Coming, I think the, that one had him at 15. It might not have been the... The coach's pull, I think, had him at 15. And I'm like, that's about right. They're probably going to be up to about eight by week four or five. When they play Notre Dame week 
three, I think, technically, or week four, or their third or fourth game of the year, they'll probably be top ten. Right. So. But I think they're a top ten football team. Yeah, nation. definitely. And, and reports coming out of camp uh, today even that the defense is light years ahead of the offense right now, which, like we've said in the past, tends to happen. Yep. Because your offense doesn't usually start to kind of build and get more complex until right. end of the season, um, where defense is kind of just go. I mean, traditionally, I mean, you're, you're still adding offensive sets in midway through the season. So, right. like, Rana, this is a relatively young team still, correct? Offensively speaking, yes. They're still relatively young, so it's going to take them a little bit. So even the first, it, the first couple weeks, if the offense doesn't look great, don't panic. Like, it's going to be okay. They're but young. They're they're talented though. Also, and then I've kind of been thinking about this at training camp too. I mean, the defense being good. First of all, it's it's about on par with what you should expect in football. But Wisconsin Badgers defense is that good. Where even if the Badgers offense is really good by yep. every standard, the defense is that good. Where they can, I mean, they're probably the only team in the Big Ten that's going to keep Ohio State in check, relatively speaking. Maybe Michigan, but we've been saying that too for. Right. A decade now? Right. So, but traditionally speaking, I mean, Wisconsin keeps them in check for the most part. They keep it a game with, like, one or two exceptions. So, the defense just, I I mean, Justin talks about the depth, and I I wish he was here to talk about this further, but they're going to be another good defense. They're expected to be one of the top of the nation again. They're aggressive. They just pin their ears back. Their defense, I think I read one anonymous coach today because they, they did like a media days anonymous coach reports on different aspects of the Badgers and their defense is one of the more simple defenses in all of football but it's say we're not going to let you beat us here we're going to be aggressive you're going to make mistakes mm-hmm. if you're going to win this game you're going to have to beat us which is kind of the way you have to coach in college football. Because even Alabama, from what I've watched of Alabama, they don't run anything that's too complicated either. They just have better players. Like they, right. They're just more physical. They're more aggressive. It's a Nick Saban coach defense. And I think that's kind of, there's kind of parallels to Wisconsin with that, where they're not running crazy defensive sets. That's kind of an old-school philosophy. Just downhill just, and, and... They're going to be tougher, and they're just going to outplay you. Pin their ears back, outplay yep. you, outfundamental you. That's been what that's been what they've doing been doing for the last what three or four years now, where they've right. been consistently having their linebackers are the best, in the, some of the best in the country. Yep. Their DB, their defensive secondary is going to be really good. Well, they don't make mistakes, and that's kind of a sign of good coaching too. When mm-hmm. your defensive secondary is clean, right, and that's one staple that Wisconsin's been is that D backs and linebackers have been they play clean, they play clean. And then it allows the offense, the big uglies up front, as, as I've always called them, because that's what I was playing too, allows those guys to eat up and allows the linebackers to play yep. downhill. Because you know that they don't have to play backwards because they can. They know that their secondary is going to have their back too. Yep. So that's our little bit of a badge report. I know it's probably lacking with what Justin would have had, but that's what it is. And so now we go to Ramsey's radar. And I don't remember what Ramsey's radar was last week. I know that there was some... Some bull predictions. I don't remember it either, to be honest with you. But I remember it. I don't think it played out too great for you either. I don't know. It's been not great. This is basically turned into Ramsey's uh, where he's wrong and people can make fun of me for <laughs> me being wrong. <laughs> what do you got this week for us? I believe Brad Kozlowski is going to win the cup this year. Really? Yep. So you're, you're going with another long-term play. 
Yeah, there's not really much going on in sports right now to make uh, short-term predictions. That's fair. I think Jordan Love is also going to look very good on Saturday. If he plays, which he should. Because he had an injury, correct? Right, so what's your transition right there? See that segue? I think you're good at those. You are really good at those. I'm proud of you. So Jordan Love got a little dinged up on game Saturday. He was supposed to probably play into the third quarter, probably almost into the fourth, I think that's what they were initially talking about. Really? Um, he got that strip sack, and they said he kind of strained his arm, his throwing arm. Mm-hmm. Um, he, By all indications, he said it was precautionary. He did not practice today. It was kind of an ugly strip sack. It was. It was that was probably the worst play he had. And the fourth down, the fourth down that they went for, where I he was just on the wrong page. I didn't have a great view of that from where we were sitting. So he, I, if I remember correctly, he the, the he read it wrong. He went. Everyone was going one way. He went the other, and Chris kind of was in no man's land, and didn't make the best read. But the the positives you saw to Jordan Love. I mean, we were kind of hinting at this earlier. Aside from the injury, and again. From everything he said after the game on Saturday night and even on Sunday and kind of in today, very precautionary. You know, it's kind of like one of those things where he's the number two. There's no question about that he's the mm-hmm. number two. <clears throat> and, I mean, yes, the reps are important for him. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they're not. But he's not fighting for a depth chart spot. He's fighting to just get on film and enhance him as a an overall talent. Well, at this point, he's just... Getting reps right. to prepare him for whatever's next with his career, which even at this, I guess we're going to this a little bit later too, but even you see the Aaron Rodgers stuff that was coming out? I did not, no. Let, uh, someone did an article about it. I wish I forgot who it was, but it was basically kind of confirming where we think Aaron Rodgers oh, is. Oh, Peter King. Peter King did something. Is that what it was? Peter King. Yep. But he basically was saying along the lines of where we think Aaron is, is where he is. That the contract got moved back a year, so he has the rest of this year, and then next year if he wants to come back. Right. The big news that I took from the article was that Aaron Rodgers was... Aaron Rodgers next year can request a trade, but he right. doesn't have a say on where he goes. He, uh, they were also talking about how he is just very relaxed, and just kind of in kind of an uncharacteristic good mood. Well, so I'm glad you bring that up because everyone was talking about him being traded. That was the big talk all offseason about him being unhappy. And it's, it's quite frankly the opposite. I mean, yeah, he's got his issues with the front office. But his biggest thing is he's just extremely happy outside of football. And that's what... Uh, and it's Peter King as well as him on SiriusXM last week because they did their training camp stops every day. Yep was talking about how um, he was considering retirement, just legitimately. Just He's at a spot in his life where he's still performing very well, but he, he's at the point where he's like, yeah, you know, I don't. I realize I don't necessarily need football. He's happy. He's got, you know, his, his now, his, are they technically legally married? Shailene and him and... She's around. Him and Miles Teller hanging out. And, and he's, that's what Peter King was saying, that he was just happy. Like, even in the interview... And when you have interactions with Aaron, it's not necessarily always been great. He's kind of known to be a little bit... Curmudgeon-y, um, if you will. Yeah. I've had nothing but good interactions with him. I want to say that very clearly. I I don't... I get where people have... You know, I've seen some of the interactions or stories of interactions. I always kind of look at it with a different lens. I've never had a bad interaction with him. 
But if you've had a good interaction? I'd say so. I In the locker room, and as a member of the media, um, who isn't like, you know, Aaron Nagler asking right. dumb questions and getting scorned, but I've run into him a time or two, and and uh, very cordial, very calculated. But also, I mean, I can see where the there's the the perception of, because he's not Brad Favre. That's what it comes down to. And supposedly, it's interesting to see what more comes out for interviews from the rest of the year. Well, Let's, he did say he's, he's doing Aaron Rodgers Tuesday on Pat McAfee's yep, show. So, so. that's going to be really good. But he just seems to be in a better spot mentally than he was last year. Which... Well, even last year was the start of where we are now. him For him mentally, because... If you and sports as a whole has been focusing a lot on mental health and as it should, but his I mean if you look at everything that's ever been said about Aaron Rodgers from the day he got drafted, Brett Favre allegedly, but there was the gay rumors, there was the, the whole thing with his family dynamic. There's always been something. Then Danica Patrick or or uh, Olivia oh, Munn um, and and just all these negatives and it's always been Aaron Rodgers' bad guy and. And he hears it. He's not dumb. You can try to tune it out as much as you want. And even if you don't, you know, because you know your own life more than somebody else does. But you've got to figure eventually that wears on you. Oh, for sure. And it kind of like you were saying, he hasn't really had the easiest time with the fans. And for what it's worth, I think that he maybe had took some of the fan support that he was getting from the Packers. As kind of a positive light over the offseason? Well, that's I, I 100% believe that's reason number one or two of why he's back. Because as much as people... I think people more took his side than what he initially anticipated when everything started going down over the offseason. Well, there was the very loud minority of the Packer fans. Oh, it's Kieran Rogers. Oh, he's just going to cry and bitch, cry and bitch, cry and bitch. There was a very loud minority in that, but you saw firsthand when he walked out of the tunnel, not in street clothes on Saturday night. Yep. Seventy-two thousand people stood up and and gave him a cheer. Yeah, it's over. I mean, I, I didn't. Everyone seemed in a good mood about it. So. And from all reports, is that him in the front office, their relationship's better than it's ever been. And supposedly he, the teammate relationships are also. Mm-hmm. Good. I I don't know if it's ever great with any of those guys. Those guys are all kind of alpha males in their own right. So right. It's about. I, but from what it's been sounding like, there it's as good as it can be. Oh right. Which is good. I mean, I think the Packers are in a good spot for where they want to be as a team right now. Right. And I think that's probably the first time I can honestly say that since before the Tampa Bay game. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. That I think everything is where it should be. And it feels good to kind of just have everything passed. And it's kind of football season now. And that I think we kind of talked about that either last week or two weeks ago on how we're just kind of looking forward to getting football started so everyone can kind of get back together and yeah. enjoy the Packers as a whole instead of being kind of a separated fan base. So back to Jordan Love, though. Um Big takeaways from the game, like you said in in your root or in your noogie, Jordan Love had a presence to him in that game. So and he's continued. I mean, he's had that this preseason too. When you see Jordan Love live, you look at him and you go, "That's a big dude." Mm-hmm. He's a big dude. He doesn't 
And that's kind of one of the first traits you want to have in a quarterback. You want him to seem larger than he is. And, well, not even larger than he is, but has a presence to him that you go, wow, that's a different dude. Yeah. And Jordan Love walked out there and granted a bunch of practice squad guys, so it always um, looks a little different. But Aaron has that. When you see Aaron in person, mm-hmm. he's bigger than you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw Josh Allen play a few years ago mm-hmm. when Buffalo was in town. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's a small dude. But he's, you he's, look at him and you watch him on the field, you go, that dude's different than everyone else. He has mm-hmm. something else. That's how Josh Allen was. And that was back Josh Allen's rookie year. Was it, it was rookie or second year? Rookie, rookie year. It was rookie year, right? And they pull out this little number 17. Packers are boat racing him. But he walks out there and you go, that dude looks different than everyone else who does on the field. So mm-hmm. Jordan Love has that. Jordan Love has that look the to him. The it factor. He's got the it factor. You look at him and you go, he looks different than everyone else. And that, that kind of impressed me because I didn't really think that that was going to necessarily be him. Mm-hmm. But I, I saw him walk out. I'm like, hmm, that dude, he looks different. Commands the huddle. He has a big arm. Big that arm. That ball was going out. Um, I do think, I, I think it was probably the first possession. They went three and out, correct? They did, yeah. He did miss open receivers across the middle. He missed on the third down play because the first uh, two... Yep. The first two were check down, get in rhythm plays. Yep. And we know that that's going to be a heavy... Well, that's a staple of a Shanahan offense. Yep, so that's, no. that's thing one. That's LaFleur. Get him in a rhythm. Script it out. Let's get a couple... You know, let's get a chunk play on first down. They get first or second and five. I think they end up going to third and six. Did you watch any of uh, Trey Lance over the weekend? I saw the touchdown pass. That was about it. He didn't look great, though. Aside from that one touchdown. So, what... That's who I can compare Jordan Love to, though. Jordan Love was a better version of Trey Lance. Yeah. They both looked a little rusty because, obviously, Jordan Love hasn't played. Jordan Love hasn't played a football game since the Senior Bowl in 2020. It's been 600-some days. And um, Trey Lance has probably been about that 500. same. Yeah. 520 days was Trey Lance's last game. So, and I kind of watched a little bit of Trey Lance's highlights, and that's also what he looked like. So, I think it's two similar quarterbacks running similar offenses. Mm-hmm. And I think there's similar comparisons that they are a little bit of a rhythm thrower. A little that was really bad. A little bit of a rhythm thrower that kind of needs a little bit of help right now to get them going. And that's what we mm-hmm. saw with Jordan Love. That it was kind of some check down stuff. You saw two two three and outs, or maybe they got one first down the first the second drive. You saw three and out, check couple check down plays, missed the third down. And I think even the second drive was missed the three or Couple check downs, handoff, missed on third down. I remember specifically that third down play. I believe he had um, Jace down the middle, and he was about 15 yards down the field, and he just didn't. He just didn't look that way, mm-hmm. which is kind of expected for a guy who hasn't played in 600 days. 600 days. That the third drive though, that touched the drive that ends up being the only score of the Packers. He looked good. I don't think Jordan Love looked bad on any of the one. Well, I guess the fumble. The fumble. And the fourth down play. Right. But the, the, let's just go through the touchdown drive because that's, that's what's going to be the most talked about. That was, I mean, that was the drive where Matt LaFleur kind of opened up, said, okay, we're not done with the checkdowns. Let's let her rip. Well, I think the Packers had that scripted. I do too. I think they kind scripted. Of them to sleep a little bit. I think the Packers had the first half script or the first quarter script. I don't know about the first half, but at least the first. 15 plays probably scripted. Right. Which is kind of one of those things that was interesting to me before we get to the touchdown drive was that they did script it for him. 
Mm-hmm. So the Packers are at least aware of the situation that they understood that Jordan Love couldn't come out and look like a pile of shit. Like, he had to look okay. Because even he looked okay and they still kind of got murdered on social media for a little while. It wasn't too bad on Saturday, but there's Packer fans, obviously, and they're not necessarily known for being... Intelligent. I was going to say it, but yeah, intelligent, I guess, is the word. That in general, they just want they want Aaron Rodgers throwing Hail Marys. So that's what the normal Packer fan wants, but that's not They want football. Aaron Rodgers to Randall Cobb and having Clay Matthews back, which, by the way, Aaron Rodgers is freaking genius. This whole thing, I think, is the biggest troll in the world. Oh, I know. And just everyone getting all hyped up, and it's like, and then you got the people, Ugh, it to Aaron Rodgers so stupid. Look, he wants his buddy back who can't play anymore. It's like, this is why he's doing it. No, he's trolling all the fans that think that they're... The Packers are not bringing back Clay Matthews. Right. The guy hasn't played in, what, two years? Yeah. They're not bringing him back. Right. <laughs> no, I know. I saw that. Even Randall Cobb, I think, was trolling a little bit, too. Oh, with 100%. You cannot tell me it was not a, like a team effort. Of, no. Hey, let's, they, let's yeah. really mess with people. Uh, anyway, though, so touchdown drive. I, I don't remember the, the exact place he went. I remember the big strike to, to Sternberger over the middle. Yep. And that had been incredible because for the first time in that game, like I said, they let they open up the playbook a little bit more, force one downfield, lull the defense to sleep a little yep. bit, and there's a big play over the middle. Jordan Love shows out that off that arm that we know yep. he has. Then you see Devin Funches on a cross route. Ooh, Devin Funches looked really good all game, too. He did. I think he played his way onto the roster spot. Um, I I have so we'll get to that in a little bit here. I just want to so you see him and Funch is having a connection. I think he goes back to Funches the next play again too. Yep. And then the screen to Kylan Hill because so it was a, what twenty three yard touchdown, twenty two yard touchdown. Yeah. Like yep. And it's easy for a casual fan because I saw this on Twitter too, and it was mostly Bears fans trying to ride Justin Fields as wiener. But he, it was a touch. It was a screenplay. Jordan Love executed that phenomenally. Yep. He looked off the defense perfectly. He sold the screen, and Kylan Hill did a lot of. You know, he did. Yep. He set up the screen perfectly. It looked like he was blocking. It looks like he got lost in the block. Just leaked out, and then he uses downfield vision to score. Well, it was a Shanahan offense play. Yeah, Shanahan's are kind of known for running. Well, that. it's it's a very traditional. I mean, you start doing screenplays in in middle school football. Yep. And even at that, I mean, you're sitting there, you know, if you think about it, guys playing for 15, 20 years, basically, at that, from middle school to that point, yep. you knew, you know what a screen is. You know you don't just get through and... and but every time, Every though, time it works. Every time. Every time it works good, because there's times where it fails. And if you've ever been on one of those screen plays, too, where you think you got an open shot, mm-hmm. I remember I played in a summer camp down in uh, Indiana one year, and that happened to me. I was playing defensive end. Never really played defensive end in my entire career. I was mm-hmm. doing it for the summer camp. And I come off the edge, and no one touches me. And your eyes are just big. You're like, holy shit, just beat that dude. Beat him right off the line. I'm like, oh, this is going to be easy way to look Licking good. your chops a little bit. And I got fucking played. It just floats over. And you're like, shit. Yeah, I got played <laughs> hard. So, so that's touchdown pass. So a couple of other things I want to... He looked comfortable in the pocket. I think that was a big thing, too. Like I said, he looked like an NFL quarterback. And yeah. that was, 
I think that was one of that was my biggest question. I guess I had about him is when he gets in a game, does he still look like an NFL quarterback? Because we kind of knew that from training camp, right? That he looked like an NFL quarterback. He looked apart, and that's what I was saying last week. Where he looked apart, he looks like he is. He's like I said, he's closer to Aaron Rodgers than he is Kurt Banker. Right. And it's not a knock on Kurt Banker. It's just it's the reality of the situation. And that's what we saw in the game is that. All of a sudden, Jordan Love trots out here, and he looks like an NFL player. And mm-hmm. for what it's worth, I do think that I don't think he's ready to play as an NFL starter right now. That's not to say he can't get there. I don't think he's a starter today. I think he will start in this league at some point. He could realistically start next year, I think, and be okay. I, right. Today, I think it's a little early yet. If, if something happened, knock on wood, I don't, you know, I'm not rooting for this to happen. If Aaron Rodgers went down for like a month, and I think you said this too. Yeah, I think he went two games. You probably split and you may get three depending on your team around you. Well, and like, that's kind of what I was saying earlier when I, I was talking about um, Jordan Love, I guess, earlier, is that with a good, solid roster around him, I do think that he can win football games. Mm-hmm. And the Packers have a solid roster. So I think that, yeah, if Aaron Rodgers goes down and the rest of the team stays healthy... I don't think it's panic like it was. Remember, not like it was Brett Hundley, not when it was Deshaun Kaiser, even for Wallace. That quarter of the Bears game before the one of the better comebacks in yep. football, regular season history anyway. That were like, three. Oh no! <laughs> like <laughs> so, and especially with Aaron too, he's kind of been known for having not. In, I don't want to say injury prone because he's not. But he has had injuries in the past. He's had big injuries when he gets hurt. Yeah. He plays through a lot of small ones you don't even notice, but when he gets hurt, he gets hurt. And that's, that's football. That's right. not – you can't prevent a broken collarbone. And honestly, the second one was just kind of an egregious hit yeah. out in Minnesota. So, I mean, really he's been healthy. And you can't really say Aaron Rodgers is injury prone. However, he has been injured twice in the last five years. Uh – Four, no, because the first one, well, depending on how you, or if you're classifying the, um, the injury that he had with the Bears and his leg, if you're classifying that, then yes, it'd be twice in five years now or twice in four years now. But if you're just if you're classifying the two collarbones, it'd be twice in not eight years. Because that was our senior year of high school. That's right, 2013 season. So I do think that he's not again not injury prone, but. Has had injuries in the past, and I don't think it's a panic situation if that were to happen again. Mm-hmm. And really, like I said, for the first time since that happened. That we've actually had a backup quarterback that you're like, oh, I feel comfortable with you being our backup quarterback. And honestly, that's kind of, you know, we had a pretty heated discussion about why you draft Jordan Love when he might not be ready. That's why you draft Jordan Love as a guy who can play first-round quarterback because every other backup we've had... Deshaun Kaiser was a second-round guy who wasn't who wasn't like a true NFL quarterback. Brett Hundley was a fifth-round quarterback. Matt Flynn, who had one good game and basically made a career in that one good game, was a seventh-round pick yep. coming off a national championship, and that's probably the only reason he was a seventh-round pick at all. Yep. Um, Brian Brown was actually the, the backup ahead of him, and then he just kind of dropped off. And Brian Brown was awful. Graham Harrell was around at one point, too, and he was the late-round guy. Vince Young was there. Like, again, there's been a rotating door who's been playing backup. And even for Tim Boyle, as much as we love the laser show, I don't really want to see the laser show 
trotting on the field. Coming with the playoff race. If we need to win. So, yeah, so that was that was the main Jordan Love talk. Um, I also want to talk about some of the other stars of the game. Oren Burks is playing yep. his way to a borderline starter. I was going to say a start, potentially. Where he, I mean, he's had a really good training camp from the practices I've seen. He's had, he had a really good game outside of the, the penalty that was questionable at best on his roughing the passer. I didn't see it. I was watching downfield. Mm-hmm. I was actually watching Josh Jackson. Mm-hmm. But I, that's what I think Mel said. She's like, what? Well, they played him. They played the replay because that's I didn't see it at first either because I was watching Josh Jackson as well, and I saw the replay, and I think I looked at Sean. And I was like, I get it. I don't agree with it, but I get it why they throw the flag there. Well, really, for the most part, did you, did you think anyone played bad outside of Josh Jackson? Uh, the offensive line was awful. I would say they're young though. Well, right. I mean, you had I don't I think they had one starter. For like a little bit. But the rest of them are all like second, third round picks that have not played. Well, I was going to say second string, third string. Like this, the offensive line was playing for depth spots. They're not, none of them are playing for a starting spot. Right. Billy, when Billy Turner is, and granted, this is not a knock on Billy Turner, but when Billy Turner is sitting out for veteran rest, that you're in a it. pretty good spot. I love Billy Turner. I do too. So. Offensive line wasn't great. I mean, they got hammered. The run game was awful um, because the offensive line wasn't firing at that's, all. That, honestly, that's kind of what I expect, though, from that offensive line. Like I said, that's a lot of people that haven't had a lot of snaps played mm-hmm. in the game that haven't really played together. And that's a big thing on the offensive line, I'm sure. Oh, without a doubt. Is that you need to know where your boys are next to you, not necessarily who your assignment is. Mm-hmm. It's not just a one-on-one thing, especially the offensive line as a unit. Like, the offensive line is a unit that needs well, to... And even even just from a, a bigger scale picture, because you're not... And no one in the NFL plays a five-man front. You don't have a lot of five-two, if ever, except maybe in the goal line. Right. So you're not head-to-head on a guy. So you have to A, know the assignment that you're supposed to play in the offense, yep. which... It's a preseason watered-down offense, but it's still a Shanahan offense. It's not the most... It's not the easiest to no. pick up. Yep. So on top of that, then you also not only have to know your assignment, but you also have to have faith that your guy next to you is going to do his assignment. Well, even at the NFL level, you need to know the guy who's next to you, his assignment, as well as yours. Right. Because you need to know if you got a chip or if you got right. a, if you're, you know, if it's because they play like a lot of zone run. Yep. So you've got to know what that assignment is, what the next guy is, what the second read is, depending on what the defense throws at you. Right. So... A lot of stuff, I mean, you kind of expect to see some struggles out of guys who aren't going to start. Because the guys who are going to start are a class above. And I want to say the cent- Josh Myers looked really good. Yep. Um, I want to also say, just from a perspective of, you know, something Justin's talked about of, okay, is he calling out the defense or is Jordan Love calling out the defense? Sasha Aaron Rodgers calling out the defense? You saw a little bit of a mixture of it. Jordan Love handled that very well, too, by the mm-hmm. way, I want to say. Um, kept himself away from getting hurt. Or getting hit, I should say, except the play that he got hurt. Yeah. Um, and even then, I mean, that was just getting an offensive lineman getting beat as behind him. So you have really, you know, nothing. That's not Jordan Love's fault at all, per se. And on a, they were on deep routes on that play. I don't think it was necessarily Hail Mary, but they were running. They were in downfield. There was 50-some-odd seconds yep. left. Yep, so they were running downfield routes. and Down and when, out routes. 
And when your guy gets beat and you're running deep routes, that usually that's how it ends, right. traditionally speaking. So that's my two kind of bad spots. And I guess, like I said, the running backs are just not getting going because of that. Um, because I think Kylan, Kylan Hill is a lot better than what you saw. So I would ask this. Were, were you expecting anything different from the Packers? As a whole or, like, results? Just as a whole from the game. I expected a little bit of better run game. I figured, I thought they were probably going to mix it up a little bit more than they did. I'm not surprised that they didn't. I thought they were going to showcase Jordan Love a lot. Like you said, they want to make him look good. But at the same time, I expected them to probably mix in the run a little bit more. I expected, honestly, a little bit of RPO even. Because Jordan Love ran that in, in college. And LaFleur is known for doing that in Tennessee. So I expected a little bit of that to mix in, just to keep the defense a little bit more honest, because that's kind of what you saw when they could lull him to sleep and go downfield. So I expected to see a little bit of that. Um, see, I would say what I saw on Saturday night, I did not think that I would see anything different. I don't. Th- I thought I was expecting them not even necessarily win, but it was a lot of throwing, seeing what sticks, throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks, seeing who plays well, right. seeing... And honestly, Green Bay didn't care if they won that game or not. Well, no, they don't have to. I mean, to. obviously they care. They're professional athletes. They want to win every single game they're in. But I, I would even bet the coaching staff behind closed doors didn't care. They were, well, just, they were wanting to evaluate players. Here's a stat, and I can't remember who it's directly from, but Marcus Eversall in our, our pregame show at the fan. Houston has 53 new players on their, their roster right now. And obviously they have some guys who are sticking around, you know, uh, who are going to get spots from last year, you have enough guys that feel they game day roster who weren't there last year. That's never a good thing. And when you're a team who's basically got probably 35 to 38 of their guys established right now and you're playing for 13 spots, your philosophies of a preseason game are going to be a lot different. Yep. So in that sense, you're right. Nothing that I saw, I guess, was surprising because – just like, oh, let's see what happens with this this combination of receivers on the field. Yep. Um, I'm, I was kind of surprised Devin Funches played as much as he did. Not but, really, though, because I think that they want to know what he actually has. Right. They want to see what his role can be, and I think I think they need to justify keeping him on the roster. I agree. So I thought that – I don't know if we're going to see him play that much. I think he did justify that position. I don't know if we see him as much this week, to be honest. I, I'm not quite sure either. Um, I, if he plays a lot, I think that means that the Packers are unsure of how many guys are going to keep at receiver. I think, I mean, we talked last week about it for sure being five. I think they maybe, maybe trying to just build his tape up, maybe to see if they can find a trade partner. But it's a lot of, okay, is this a guy we want on the roster? I think it is. I think he's, I think him and Jordan Love are really tight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a lot of guys playing to see as to, Who's going to be that sixth and maybe seventh guy if they decide to go seven? And I think, as I said last week, I think the I think the the guys are pretty well set. It's just how many they actually end up keeping. And after watching the game on Saturday, I'm like, I was on board with six. I, they might keep seven. And the one the the seventh guys you didn't even play on Saturday. But that's what I'm saying. I know who's there. Mm-hmm. They might keep seven. Yeah. They're deep. That's a deep position on that well, team. Well, and the nice thing about it is that you can kind of you can keep an Amari like Amari Rodgers can play a lot of like that role that they had with Tyler Irvin slash Tavon Austin last year, 
who Tyler Irvin was, I mean, technically I think they had him classified as a receiver, but for all intents and purposes, it was running back. Right. Because last year they carried four running backs. At one point they had five. Right. Because they had uh, Dexter or Dexter Williams at one point. Uh, well, they all, they had Jordan or um, Jamal Williams too. Yep. So really you can kind of, I don't want to say go light at running back this year, but if you go three deep, you can kind of get away with it. Well, and you have... For what it's worth, Aaron Jones has been relatively healthy in his career. He gets he's like Devontae Adams. He'll get dinged up for a game or two, miss a game or two. But AJ Dillon he's young. for his entire career, even at Boston College, is kinda known as just a workhorse. Yep. Who didn't miss time, who was showed up every day right. just, and grounded out. And then Kylan Hill, I think, is the who's gonna be the third back. Yeah. Nothing against uh what is it, Lucas Taylor, Lucas Patrick, or whatever his name is. I think he's gone though. Yeah. And Dexter Williams, another guy. I think he's. I mean, he's probably going to end up back on the practice squad again because yep. that's just what he's done the last two years. But that's probably the extent, unless he gets picked up somewhere else. But uh, there's, in my opinion, there's a quite a few players that are on. That I think are going to end up back in the league. Like I, I, I think a lot of people are paying attention to who Green Bay ends up cutting, and mm-hmm. that's kind of how it is every year. But I think there's going to be a lot of those guys who are borderline for us that. Might be like a fifth guy somewhere yeah, else that are, are good enough to play on other teams. Because for what it's worth, the Packers, I want for my son Saturday, they're talented. Mm-hmm. They're talented one through probably 40. 40. Mm-hmm. One through 40 is a pretty talented roster. Those last, like, on 13 spots are kind of more locker room guys, utility players, stuff like that. But well, and we'll probably get in more of this either next week or the week after. When you look at, probably next week we might have to, because I think cuts will be right after that. But I believe so. Um, we can kind of probably look at guys who are going to make the team and see who we can spot for our 53. Because you know they're going to have two quarterbacks. Yep. You can probably go three running backs. The wide receiver is the biggest question mark, because you know for tight ends there's probably going to be four. You've got Sternberger might even get cut, so you might even go three tight ends, because you're going to have Deguara, Lewis, and Tunyon. I like Chase. I do too. He, he's looked good, good he's this good spring player. camp. He's looked good when he's played, but he's always had a hard time staying on the field. Well, the one year he broke his leg. I mean, that's not. And I think he's got a suspension to serve to start the season too. Oh, really? I think he's got a one or two game suspension to start the year for for uh, hitting some uh, illegal. The devil's lettuce. Yeah, I believe that's what he's suspended for. Hmm. Um, so you might go three. You might go four there. I mean, you can probably have that dis- discussion at a different time. Offensive line, you usually keep 9 or 10. Yep. So, it really, like I said, it really depends on what you want to sacrifice. Do you maybe keep seven receivers instead of Jay Sternberger? Or do you maybe keep nine linemen instead of 10 and keep that extra receiver? We don't know. And I, think the, I think the defense is pretty much set, too. I mean, did uh, Eric Stokes play on... Very limited. I looked for him, and I think I'd missed the, that defensive set. I think that's going to be around there. Yeah, I don't think he played a lot if he did. I, mean, I think he, he was suited up. I know he was suited up. I don't remember how much he played. So that is the week one of the preseason. Week two, Ramsey, what do you need to see from the Packers versus Jets? Nothing. No? That game doesn't matter. I think, to be honest, I think the roster spots are pretty much set right now. I think that a lot of the guys for their last year are coming back. There's going to be some of those fringe guys, but 
in reality, even the fringe guys aren't going to make the difference between a playoff team and a non-playoff team. Like they contribute, but they're not necessarily difference makers. I would really like to see um, Jordan Love some more. I hope he plays. I mean, I think he's going to. Um, right. I, I think that he's going to play well again. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm kind of curious what Zach Wilson does as well. That's kind of be interesting head to head, and you know. And for what it's worth, this is one of the first preseasons I've really paid attention to like other teams that's going on. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you well, you have so many quarterbacks, young quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, Fields, Lance Wilson, Lawrence, Lawrence, and even uh, I was going to ask you what you thought about this Tim Tebow's missed block that actually worked. Because everyone was tweeting about how oh, such a vicious hit where he kind of just whiffed on it, but it worked. It's it's not what you want in the regular season. It's Tim Tebow. He's but it, it worked. He's not an NFL player anymore. I don't think so. That's okay. Tim Tebow, I mean, it's kind of a cool redemption story, you know, kind of coming back and giving her one last go. But, I mean, he would have been smart to change the tight end 10 years ago when he was in the league. That's insane. It's been that long, isn't it? He was, what, 2012, 2011 draft? Yep. Nuts. I mean, even uh, Trevor Lawrence was good, though. He, yeah. mean, he had a fumble, I believe, and he was sacked on his first play. That's going to be an interesting team to watch, too, because there's some interesting pieces down in Jacksonville right now. Well, they were probably the... They're, I would argue that they're probably the best 1-15 team ever. Because they have a yeah. lot of talent. They yeah. just lost a lot of games. And they just didn't... They didn't have four quarters of talent. They had three quarters of talent. They had a lot of good, not great players. As a Trevor Lawrence fan, I'm really glad he went to Jacksonville Over and not the Jets. New York. Oh, my God, yes. Because I, Zach Wilson's kind of looked over his skis a little bit. Not And... Trevor Lawrence is a better player than Zach Wilson is. Trevor Lawrence is like I I was thinking, and we had this conversation a lot on the draft. I think Trevor Lawrence is no, light years ahead of where Zach Wilson was. Well, I think Trevor Lawrence is in front of all these guys. I think that's he went to the worst roster. Well, Zach Wilson might went to the worst roster, but he went to one of the worst rosters in the league, and he did not look like he didn't know what he was doing. Right. He looked good for I think he played what two possessions. I didn't see any of that game, so I, I can't. We were watching. Was, I think they, it was one or two. And he looked. He had the same thing that's about Jordan Love. He, he looks different than everyone else's on the field. And you can tell that he's a starter, not a practice squad guy. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to see. Uh, you know what else was interesting to see? Watch Minnesota get lit up by Denver. Granted, preseason games don't matter for shit, but. It's always fun to watch the Vikings lose. Yeah. So I guess what I'm looking for this week is I want to see what Jordan, if Jordan Love plays, which for all intents and purposes he probably will. But I want to see what his adjustments from this last week were to what week two will be. I want to see what the adjustments between Josh Myers will continue to grow and see if you know if he can continue to Get in a spot because he's the starting center more than likely. Right. See, you know how preseason, or, you know how regular season ready he's going to be with with the ones, because he's got to get a lot of that worked out now. So I'm curious where that's going to go. I'm really curious to see the battle for the third back position because, I, like I said, I think Kylan Hill has the the advantage, but it's not set. Mm-hmm. So I want to see that. I want to see. 
again, how that receiver battle ends up shaking out if Devin Punches plays a lot or if they've kind of seen enough from him. Uh, because in a lot of ways, I think he was set the way it was. I think they were going to carry six before Jawan Winfrey said to show up and play as well as he has. But and he's also taken Jordan Love under his wings a lot, which is, speaks a lot. Mm-hmm. I think it's a guy that you want to have at least for another year or two. I want to keep Devin Punches. He looked really fluid on... Mm-hmm. Well, he looked like a guy that might have had a year off and might have needed a year off. Right. I didn't see him and much. And a change in, of scenery, too. Yeah, I didn't see him much in Carolina, but I did pay attention to him a little bit, obviously, when he signed here. And he looks good. Mm-hmm. He looked like he used the year off and kept in shape. And he he's looks, another... He, he's... I've seen him play before, like, on TV, and I think I've seen him once in person. He yeah. looks bigger, too. He's like, a big dude. Like, he could fit a very big role in this team. And I think that's what you kind of need to prove. I'm curious on, again, like I think I said last week, the other closest battle is going to be the secondary, just on who they keep. Because after the game Saturday, Josh Jackson, I guess from all reports out of camp today, were that um, he got bumped down to the threes. And that uh, Ento, what is it, KB and Ento or whatever his name is, um, the guy who actually had the interception on Saturday night, took over his role. Well, then Josh Jackson has an, uh, an interception in the end zone today. And for what it's worth, his two good plays he made in the game Saturday were in the red zone. Not saying that that's you can't allow them to get there, which he was at will. But, you know, they had, the Packers made their first cut today. Uh, John Dietzen, former Badger, uh, got waived today. So you're starting to see that some of the, the pieces fall in line. Which I was going to talk to Mel about that at the game. She's like, so how many guys are going to cut? I'm like, there's quite a few other guys from the field right now that aren't going to be there in two weeks. Isn't that kind of just a wild thing to... Mm-hmm. Well, and how many of these guys are going to end up finding other teams before the start of the season? Too? Yeah, a lot of them will. And so guys that, you know, like you said earlier, get bounced out of Green Bay and just don't have room for them, then they go sign with Atlanta. Because we or, hear that every single year that we would love to keep that guy, we just don't have the well, space look for at, him. Well, look at the quarterback down in New Orleans, Taysom Hill. Yeah, prime example of that. I saw a picture of him the other day. I know what picture you're talking about. I'm, I want to talk about this too. The one where it's like people say that the that a Packers quarterback jersey will age you by like 30 years or whatever. It did, and it's Taysom Hill in his preseason game, and he's got the long sleeves, and it looks like he's 40. Yeah. So. That is, I guess, what we're kind of looking at for week two of the preseason. Like, just kind of seeing how those depth positions shake out. Um, I want to see more of Jordan Love. I think, I think he will play. I mean, it's I do too. It's he, Monday. He kind of needs to. Just he either needs to not play the rest of the preseason or needs to play. Like he, and I think he needs to play not to more because the Packers. Ownership, not ownership group, the front office of Agreement Packers need him to play. Mm-hmm. They need him to play and look good. Right. So it'll be interesting to see what we see out of Love in week two if he plays. It'll be interesting to see that receiver battle, that running back battle. A lot heavier focus on the offense. Like you said, I think the defense is pretty set. With a piece or two. I think they're pretty set after week one of training. I think that there wasn't. The defense I've heard not much movement on. 
Mm-hmm. Like the guys who are going to be playing big minutes are going to be playing big minutes, and the guys who aren't aren't. You know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. not a lot of fringe guys. I don't think on the defense side of the ball. I'm curious if if Eric Stokes gets some more minutes in game two because, like I said, I don't even remember him in game one. I looked for him. I didn't see him. That's not to say he wasn't playing. And especially if Kevin King, depending on his progression health wise too, if Eric Stokes has to be the week one guy. How much he even ends up playing this preseason? I think that's a bigger indication. Because he's been running with the ones, correct? He's been running with the ones a lot, just by necessity, I think. But at the same time, I mean, he's he's had his moments where he looks like a rookie. Are we sure it's necessity, though? I mean, he is going up against the dumpster fire of the year award winner as of right now. He was barely practiced at all. Yeah, but we're paying him six million dollars, you know. Just don't. Just we don't have time in this episode for that. Come on. So we're going to wrap up the episode with what we always wrap it up with, and that is what we are rooting for. Ramsey, why don't you lead us off here? Uh, Again, a little bit of NASCAR coming up here. Uh, Michigan this weekend, and then Daytona the next weekend. Last two races of the regular season, correct? Correct. So we're getting into playoff NASCAR. I know a lot of people don't care about playoff NASCAR, but NASCAR is a flawed playoff system where we're talking 16 drivers get in. There's only about four, five. I'd say six, probably about six drivers that can actually win a championship this year. So it's kind of the guys basically, the, those six we're talking about kind of just walk their way through and fill the last four or five races and then they actually have to start winning. So, but it's always interesting to see who makes it in and who doesn't. Um, the cut line's relatively close. Mm-hmm. Kevin Harvick's pretty much in at 92 plus. That's about two races above. So he Harvick's pretty much in as long as something as long as you don't drastically wrong as and long as the win. Yeah, as long as you don't have two unforeseen winners. winners, Kevin Harvick's in. So we're really kind of waiting on that one alternate spot of Austin Dillon to see who's going to be that 16th driver getting in. Well, wouldn't that be just a, a wrench in the whole thing of DiBenedetto or Austin Dillon win or just throws a whole monkey wrench in the whole thing? Matt Eddie D is not winning. He's he's not. I'm I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying like a guy who's kind of on the that 18th 19th spot gets a win. I just can't imagine. Like you know, he was on Facebook the other day bitching about how he doesn't have a ride. I'm like, dude, you've been underachieving for two and a half years in top equipment in NASCAR. Like, shut up and go back to Xfinity. Like, right. You've had every opportunity in the world and you've not been able to capitalize. So. That's what you're rooting for? That's what I'm rooting for a little bit. NASCAR Michigan this weekend. I, I think I'm going to take the easy route here, and I'm going to go Packers again for I mean the reasons we talked about the last half hour or whatever, 45 minutes. But obviously i got to take home my Brewers right now too. Uh, big series coming up uh, this week. This weekend I think that they have a big one. Um, they'll also be playing or next, next weekend. Uh, but when we're recording next week, we'll be talking about the series coming Against San Francisco again. Best team in baseball. They'll go out to the West Coast. Uh, this week we have three against St. Louis to may, maybe hopefully finish off their season. And then three against Washington. Very winnable games. Realistically could win all six. Probably, you know, just baseball you probably don't. But you realistically could. So that's the route I'm going to go. And then also want to see what the progressions in, in week, week two of the preseason are. So that's episode 36 of the Rupert Wisconsin Show. 
Rams, you got something out here? I don't. The New Day was on. I was laughing at them promoting merch behind an interview on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> That's episode 36, ending just as great as it started, right in the dumpster. It's a total shit show. I'm Eric. That's Ramsey. We're out. See ya. Bye.